0: Hello, Happy Monday! Welcome to Point and Line to Head Elevating Hairdressing, the podcast all about art and design theory for hairdressers. I'm Cody. I'm a hairdresser in Washington, D.C. As I've mentioned, I took a break to sort of regroup and come up with what this next set of episodes is going to look like. And thank you to everyone who emailed feedback, suggestions. Um, I now have this sort of a list of topics and notes um, of things that you guys wanted to hear more about. So um, that's really what this, this whole second season is going to be like. So I ultimately want to build a culture of independent creative thinking where hairdressing is respected as an art form, and hairdressers are respected as creative professionals, and where we can all think objectively for ourselves. From a lot of the feedback and emails I received, I kept getting a lot of questions and comments about sort of client interactions. Now, I believe that whether it's Miss Smith at the salon, it's a photographer, fashion designer, major manufacturer, whoever your client is, we have to be able to speak objectively about our work and problem solve to create relevant and exciting work. And so the next two episodes, I want to spend talking about the client, quote unquote. So this week, I want to talk about client challenges, and the status quo. And next week, I want to talk about what we can do to change things in those interactions, um, change things within the industry, and ultimately push ourselves as professionals forward. Now, the whole concept for these next two episodes is no progress is made from standing still or waiting to be told what to do. And as I was getting notes and everything together, I came across a quote from Mies van der Rohe, who was a famous architect and founder of the Fauhaus School in Germany. And I'm going to paraphrase this because it was super long. But he said, Never talk to a client about architecture. He will not understand what you have to say about architecture most of the time. An architect of ability should be able to tell a client what they want. Most of the time, a client never knows what they want. So in this case, obviously Mace van der Rohe was an architect, so he's speaking about architecture specifically, but I feel what he's saying really pertains to any creative field that involves a client, especially anything design-related. And to repeat myself again, hairdressing is a form of design. Dealing with client needs, creating a practical work of art for them that they wear every day. And so in essence, hairdressing is design and it is sort of this architecture of hair in a sense. And I believe as a professional, it's important for you to have a point of view and for you to understand your craft your job inside and out. So at the end of the day, you're able to tell a client X, Y, and Z would be the best choice for you. Now is with any creative field involving a client work starts with a discussion of some sort. For us as hairdressers, every single one of us has a different set of questions or talking points or whatever for those conversations. I have mine, you have yours, but the important thing to remember is clients have eyes that cannot see, meaning they do not have the same technical training that you have, and therefore, as the professional, you are the expert. And however you facilitate that first conversation, you have to maintain control and gather relevant information so that you can present a considered concept to the client. We'll explore the conversation a little bit more next week um, and sort of build from this, but this week is more to lay out sort of the challenges and figure out where we are now so that we can move past it. So what I found in a lot of education is there's a lot of just do it like this, and here's your 20 questions to ask in your consultation, and not a lot of setting us up to gather information that is relevant to the way that we work. So let's talk about what comes out of this system of do it just like I do it and you'll be fine. Um, Two things, we have commercial pressures, the client expects that we do something a certain way no matter what, And then stale stylistic idioms, where we say, I've done this a hundred times, it's working, I'm making money, so there's no need to change. And we end up, because of these things, becoming these sort of cook-to-order chefs. And we don't really have to think for ourselves, because someone else will always tell us what to do. And if that's what you want to spend your whole career doing and that works for you, and it's making you money, fine. But I personally believe hairdressing is much more of an art form than people give it credit for. And elevating the industry makes us all better at the end of the day. So let's talk status quo for a minute. We have commercial pressures and stale stylistic idioms. So commercial pressures. Clients and everyone have access to social media. Which is positive and negative. (laughs) It's good on a sort of marketing front, but it makes things harder in some ways on a realistic, this is how I do my job front. Um, Hopefully that makes sense. I find we get a lot of, I want to look like this Pinterest picture. Um, And there's hundreds of these stories, but we, feel like we have to do work like X because that is what is expected of me. And in a lot of stories I hear from other hairdressers, I hear a lot of, I keep getting requests for X or I want to do more work like Y, so I need to go take a class from this person because they have 60,000 followers and obviously that means they know what they're doing. And obviously, I need to learn from that one person. And like I've said before, sharing ideas and getting inside of other people's heads and understanding other inspirations are all important and all sort of productive. But at the end of the day, the solution comes from your point of view. And we need to learn to push these commercial pressures away and just sort of do work from within us as artists. And we'll talk more in depth on that and how we do that next week. And then the second part of this that comes out of this culture of do it just like this is stale stylistic idioms. So I did a class out of my studio not too long ago and there was this conversation happening I forget exactly how it came about, but we were talking about doing the same thing over and over again, repetitively, and how that gets boring, and like hairdresser struggles, right? <laughs> um, and we all sort of, we had this little tiny complaining session, but someone said, well, if it's making you money and the client's happy, just keep doing it, which on some level does make sense But we've been told that this is what makes the world go round. If I'm making money, don't rock the boat. Um, If the client's happy, don't rock the boat. Even if you in your soul are suffering from the like 900 full foil highlights that you've done all week long, just keep doing it because it's fine. And then the second part of this I hear a lot of when I travel is, well, our clients are really boring here really conservative here in this area. Um, And to even say that is submission on some level, I feel. Um, So like I said in every episode, I work in DC and I guarantee there is not a more boring crowd. Unless you go work like an Amish country, there is not a more boring crowd of people. And I'm never bored by my work, right? It's all what you bring to it. Um, So I find that when that happens and we just sort of submit to, well, my clients are boring. This is it. I either move to LA or I'm bored forever. Um, Whatever it may be. We keep reaching into our, our recipe book and pulling out the same two or three recipes over and over again. And instead of asking, is it making you money? Are the clients happy? Ask yourself, are you fulfilled as an artist? Do you feel like you've done something at work all week? Because what I run into a lot in conversations with new clients is my last hairdresser did this. Can you just match it? Or can you just cut an inch off of everywhere or any of those thousand like crazy things that we hear and nine times out of ten you look at it you look at their hair and there's nothing brilliant or there's usually something that's not working about it but we're just sort of expected to repeat this and again becoming this sort of cook to order we're cooking to order just do it like this time and time again or i found this picture on pinterest can you just do this for me? I can't find someone to do it. It's not a matter of replication. It's a matter of coming up with a concept that's going to work for a client. Um, And we're taught to think that it's correct if it's making us money, if it's paying the bills. And thousands of educators will tell you, just do it like this every single time. But ultimately what sets you apart is your own So ask yourself right now, are you a voice or are you an echo? Are you standing still or are you moving forward? Hairdressing is stifled by custom. We're taught to live and die by state-regulated exams and pseudo-academic pursuits. And we end up living in ignorance of our own potential. Because we're not told enough that it's okay to be different. It's okay to be your own person. It's okay to have your own way of working, but it's time for us to replace this culture. It's time for us all to become independent, creative people. Thank you for listening. Head over to pointblindhair-education.com. For more information and education opportunities, You can also find us on Facebook, Point and Lines Ahead. And make sure you're subscribed and keep an eye out every Monday for new episodes. Next week, we will continue this conversation about the sort of client interaction and talk about how we can push ourselves forward and start really creating work that's fulfilling to us. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Cody, and this was Point and Line to Head, Elevating Hairdressing.